Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, it's Martha. Just a quick announcement before we get to the episode. So I'm so excited to announce that... Chronicles of Narnia will be in the Chicago Podcast Festival 2018. So if you are in the Chicago area on Monday, November 26th at 7 p.m., we will be recording live at the Beat Kitchen alongside Feminist Folklore, which is also an amazing podcast. So check our Facebook page uh, and the website for details. They will be going up. Uh, ASAP and I'm so excited I would love to have anyone there that can come Uh, it would just make my holiday season so mark your calendars Monday November 26 7 p.m. at the Beat Kitchen in Chicago all right here's the episode Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I'm your host, Martha Reddick. And this week, I'm very excited because we are going to be talking about magic and kids uh, in a lot of different capacities. Uh, and to do that, I've brought on Jordan Olgeen. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm doing so well. Um, I'm so happy that I found you and that you're willing to to share some tips with us. Likewise. I think I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Um, so before we get started, let's hear just a little bit about your background with magic. I know that you said that you don't do a lot with kids, which is totally fine. Uh, <laughs> but we we would love to hear just kind of your journey as a magician. Yeah. Um, it started... I'll never forget the summer going into my junior year of high school. Mm. I was on YouTube just passing the time. And, you know, when you're just going deeper and deeper and there's those <laughs> videos that pop up, like recommended. Yes. This video thumbnail popped up and it said, guy kisses pretty girl with magic trick. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like it's so, it's fake. It's a setup. And I remember ignoring it for a few days, but it kept popping up. So finally one day I was like, I'll click on it. And it was this guy and he was being all flirty and cheeky and everything. And he does this trick and the girl has to kiss him on the cheek for like the magic trick to work. So I was already hating this guy. But at the very end of the video, the magic trick itself blew my mind. I watched it probably 50 times through the computer. I couldn't figure it out. 
And I told myself right then and there, I'm going to figure out how to do things like that so I could give people those reactions. And it's been, gosh, like five years now that I've been, I've been doing it. So Hard at work. That's exactly. awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, and I love that um, curiosity. And I know for kids, especially um, kids that we nanny, I think every single one of the kids that I've nannied has gone through a love of magic phase. Yeah. It's I I mean and even when I was a young kid before I really dabbled into it, there's something about, you know, making those props in those books you get as kids and yes. showing, oh mom and dad, look at what I could do. And it's the I, I love it. You know, it's yeah. it's so much fun. And I love seeing kids when they do magic and even if they don't quite do the trick right and you see it, it's still so much fun because they're so happy. And when you're like, oh my gosh, where did it go? And just seeing them light up, it's, it's the cutest thing. It's so cute. So yes, I love it. But before we get into like fostering that love of magic and children, uh, let's talk about the really the reason that I wanted to do this episode. So I started with infants pretty recently and one of them falls asleep in my arms. She's a real good sleeper. Um, but then as I'm trying to transfer her to the crib, every time I wake her up and I kind of pride myself on being able to get kids like relaxed and go to sleep. Like my, I'm good about like getting my own heart rate down and, you know, being yeah. in a calm state myself, which yeah. I think helps. Um, but this has been, struggle uh and so I was like oh maybe like someone who can pickpocket or <laughs> do magic would have some ideas about how to like get a baby from my arms to a crib in a way that won't wake up the baby <laughs> definitely definitely um well I don't know if you know anything about uh pickpocketing I, I don't <laughs> it's it's interesting I I will say I personally don't do a lot of it with um, with my magic routines. It's not my style, but what I do, there's a couple of basic principles in that that would be great. And one of them that I use when I perform is misdirection. Mm -hmm. And that is, as the name suggests, is, you know, look over here while you're really doing something over here. And um, with a baby, a lot of it would be really with the feeling. So mm -hmm. maybe I would suggest, I don't know, because, you know, you hold a baby. I'm sure you're holding the baby like this, right? Yeah. Right, like yeah. Cradling it, that typical. Maybe try holding her almost almost what would look awkward, but so that as you're setting her down, it's almost... Like away you know I mean? from the body, yeah. Yeah, so she falls asleep not feeling you because like you said you try to slow your heart rate down i mean the babies they we as humans we feel that right and so all of a sudden when that's gone it's like oh man where <laughs> well, what was happening i used to be able to hear the heart yeah, rate and right. yeah because i mean i have her head really close to my heart so that's a really good point is um potentially getting her away a little bit more away from my body and I also was thinking about heat 
difference of, you know, when you're holding somebody really close to your chest, you're both heating each other up. Um, And so having her further away would probably help with that as well, I would think. Yeah. And even in the, if you're putting her in a crib, I would even suggest maybe, you know, putting a, like a, a big pillow, like one of our pillows, for instance. So there is a slight transition, but she'll go right back. Oh, 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 there's, there's something that I've been laying on that's larger than me. And that goes back to magic where you, sometimes if you're making something disappear and you're putting, putting something air quotes in their hand, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And it's, they think, Oh, that that's what it is. And all of a sudden, wait, that's not what I thought I was holding. <laughs> yeah. Although with an infant, you can't do that. Um, once they oh. get a little older, you can. But yeah. it's dangerous because of suffocation. So with like a true oh, okay. infant, you can't put a pillow in there. But I like the idea of um, potentially like trying to lay her down in such a way that it's not – um, a completely different body position yeah. Um, for him or her, whichever gender you're nannying. Um, and then, yeah, and then getting um, that, you know, like working your way, I think. I also think exactly. slowing down would help me. Exa- exactly. It's – and you'll find when you – if you slow down and take it in processes, like maybe start real close and then shift a little further, then a little further. And then finally, once they're in the crib, it's such a seamless transition rather than from, Oh, they're laying on my head. So now what, what is happening? It's like, <laughs> Oh damn, what's I've been on this journey. I'm on a boat just <laughs> sailing away. Yes. I love that idea. Um, and get those water uh, sounds on the noisemaker. There we go. See, we're sailing to paradise. (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. Um, Any other ideas um, for that particular when they're sleeping? Like putting them in Mm -hmm. the crib? I would say I actually grew up – I have – I'm much older. I'm 10 and 12 years older than my uh, youngest siblings. And they, I know the struggle, you're trying (laughs) to put them down or you're trying to maybe pick them up to put them in the car seat and, oh my gosh, I woke them up. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So it's um, a lot of it. My biggest advice would probably be to slow down and really, it's about the pressure and like going back to pickpocketing you the reason you get away with doing a pickpocket entertainment routine is because you're not just oh I'm gonna reach in your pocket and take out your phone. I'm I'm going in slow, slower than what you would think. Like maybe to us that are doing it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm moving at a snail's pace. Mm-hmm. But really moving it slow, getting used to it, the body would would just think it's normal and we're really not disrupting them. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point of just making sure that um, you're giving time for their sleeping brain, but still working brain to um, adjust to each new movement. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. Okay, so 
They've woken up from a wonderful nap because we've now gotten them into the crib. No problems. Love it. Uh, And now they're awake and they're playing with a toy that um, maybe isn't safe. So it's not actually a toy. (laughs) So they've picked (laughs) something up and you would love to get that away from them without – uh, having, you know, a breakdown uh, in the yeah. middle of your day. And if you just take a toy away, there's going to be a breakdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how can you use some, like, magic skills to get that toy away from them in a way that they won't notice? So especially for infants and toddlers, I would say the number one would be misdirection. Yeah. And what I mean by misdirection is – there and it goes even to pressure so say they're playing with uh oh they got dad's rolex yeah that like they're gonna put it in their mouth that's like (laughs) anything we're not about that right Mm -hmm. so i would give them maybe their little maraca Mm -hmm. you know that classic maraca so again slow down i would take my time with it play i would play with it a little bit and then they're piquing their interest. And that's a classic uh, magic concept where if I want you to look somewhere, which is obviously away from where I'm doing the trick, I'm going to be looking there. Right. And I'm not, and it's a subconscious thing we do. So if I'm looking down over here, you, the spectator, will be, oh, I wonder what they're looking at. So I'm playing with this Morocco. Oh my gosh. And they're like, oh, they look like they're having so much fun. What is that? Then you start playing, you start playing, maybe give it to them in their other hand. And at the same time, that's when you would make that, you know, magic switch (laughs) of, oh, man. And then as you're taking it, you're still focusing on the maraca, shaking it, making music, dancing, they're giggling. And then all of a sudden, boom, put the Rolex in your pocket. (laughs) And I guarantee you they'll have completely forgotten because what is this maraca? Oh, my goodness. Exactly. And we also have... uh, object permanence on our side uh, in that babies don't really develop object permanence until like 8 to 12 months. So literally with a baby, with an infant, if you get that out of their sight, it ceases to exist for them, which is beautiful. If only everyone reacted that way with magic. Yeah, your job would be so much easier. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that that's a a really good way. Yeah, Uh, definitely. And I've, and even with infants, um, when I have done magic to them, you get a little bit of of a break, I would say, because of those principles. They're young, they're still, their brains are developing, so misdirection so much easier like look at that bird really works (laughs) yes yes it does although i've seen it work on a lot of adults as well (laughs) (laughs) that's a different topic for a different day true um especially if it's like look at this cool thing on my phone oh bye (laughs) right Um, but yeah, okay. So great. Is there any other technique, um, as far as like, let's say it's potentially two kids, like you're nannying siblings and they both are playing with 
an object or a couple objects that you don't want them to be playing with. Like uh, mom's set of diamond earrings. Oh. And they each have one. <laughs> Do you have advice Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. So it definitely is easier to to perform a magic trick to one person versus a group of people. Right. The, the only difference is... When you have more people, that's when you really take control. And uh, we're in control. So they have mom's earrings. And that's a big no-no. And we're all right. So what I would recommend is you could even do it with the same one maraca Mm. and just really gather. What I do when I have big crowds is I'll straight up just be like, awesome. Everyone just gather in front just so you could see it. Just so you could see it. Really, I'm saying don't be behind me because you'll see how I'm doing everything and that won't be cool. But in their mind, they're like, oh yeah, I really want to see what's about to happen. Oh my gosh. If you want to see the trick, stand in front of me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it would be that same thing and then work one at a time. Mm-hmm. So really, really win one over. You have one earring. Boom. We're halfway there and we're still rocking it. We're still rocking it. Maybe the earring's in your pocket now. So you know, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Then we get back. Now you and the twin A, Max, <laughs> is playing. And then Emmy over here is, wait, why are, why are they having fun? I want to have fun now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I would say the more, it's still that same principle of misdirection and really focusing your energy and attention. So, you know, their focus, because everyone wants to, if someone's having fun, we as humans, right? Around, well, I want to have fun too. Right. Yeah. What's going on over there? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. think that's great. Awesome. Okay. So are there any like basic magic tricks that we as nannies could learn and teach kids? Because we talked about before how proud kids are when they can – like show off their magic skills, you know, even oh, if yeah. it doesn't go well. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just perform if they're, you know, not old enough to handle objects or cards or understand all that. We could just perform it for them. But if they are old enough to perform it themselves. So there's, if you're not using cards, there's one, there's one trick that I really like that is really this one's a group. So say you have a group mm-hmm. and you're nannying on three, four kids. Mm-hmm. You pick one and you'll say, okay, everyone's going to know how to do this, but don't help her. So you crumple up a napkin or paper towel or something into a little ball and you stand over in front of them and you say, okay, I want you to guess what hand is it in. One, two, three. And you put it in. Snap your fingers, and it looks like it disappeared. Let's see. You're like, what just happened? I know. Happened? I'm like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> and if you were watching me, I literally threw the piece of paper over the camera, and that's the joke of everyone watching. They're like, how do you not see it? It's so big. And you're the whole. that's the fun of it where uh, don't tell them. And then even I guarantee you if they do that to mom or dad – mom and dad who's the tricks being done on them they're gonna start being like how do i not get this why is everybody (laughs) laughing and then finally you show them i've just been throwing it over my head (laughs) and it's 
It's a super fun one. That is very fun. I love that. There's another super fun one that's super easy with a very basic deck of cards that anyone can do. And I'll show you. Say, so, you know, you fan out the cards and we'll just say this is our card, the eight of spades. Great. So you would tell them, they'd hold the deck and just say, just slide it in anywhere you want. So right there. And you could say, with my hands behind my back, I'm going to find your card. All of a sudden you show all the cards are facing the same way, facing the same way, except for one card. Um, What's that card? Your card. And all that is, see, again, it's like, yeah, it I'm doesn't have enthralled. to be crazy. <laughs> and once you figure it out, you're going to hate me. <laughs> so they take out their card and they can say, go ahead and show everyone. I'm going to turn my back. I'm going to turn my back. So here we have the four of spades. And when my back is turned, this is what I did. Flip the deck. Nice. So as soon, the trick does itself. So you flip over the deck, flip over the top card, make it look like it's done. And they'll feel all cool flipping the card back behind their back. Be like, don't worry, mom. I got you. I got you. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so fun. Um, yeah, I love both of those. And I think both of those are, are easy and, uh, and really fun. And, and I love the one for a group. I think even, especially for like a a nanny play date, that one would be really great because you could do it with the other nanny and then all the kids get to feel empowered. Exactly. They're in on it. Yeah. And that's what's great. Yeah. And then, and you get to not tell the other nanny. So yeah. they're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> what what is just happening? happened? Yeah. <laughs> how, how did you do that? Um, that's awesome. Uh, great. So if an older kid that you're nannying is uh, saying that they want to be a magician when they grow up, what's your advice for this as a career path? Oh man, I would say, just, I'm going to Nike it, I guess. Just do it. But really, yeah. it's um, it's great because my little brothers now, my youngest brother, he loves magic. Mm-hmm. And he, he looks at videos online and I'll do a magic trick and I'll see him practicing it and he... <laughs> He likes to mimic what I do in his little way. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But um, I would just I would I would say start start performing. Um, I remember when I first started, I was sixteen, fifteen, turning sixteen, and I taught myself a bunch of tricks, and I never performed on anybody. Mm-hmm. And the first time I performed, I was super nervous. My hands were shaking. I I was and I was doing it to my friends at school right. and I was nervous. Then fast forward going out in public and going up to a group of strangers, that's a whole different ball game of you know, I mean yeah. you're even and it's true, you walk up, hey guys, what's up? You wanna see a magic show? No, we don't. Okay, cool, like take care. <laughs> like that's that's just the reality of, of doing magic and I will say once the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get. And the more successful you'll get. 
Yeah, and I think that's really important um, for nannies to hear too in that giving kids an opportunity to perform magic in front of you is really important and to be like an attentive, good audience member. Yes, definitely. Def- because um, I'll even say in my magic career, you'll get those people that are just you know, there's always a heckler. There's always someone standing outside the group that's telling them how you do it. And I mean, hey, that's that's fine. Right. But it, you know, it's it really is something when someone, the reason I still do it is because I love seeing for just a minute a grown man just turn into a six-year-old kid for even half a second because what did I just see? Right. And, and that's beautiful to me because, I mean, in... In today's world, even a little bit of light is just so wonderful. So wonderful, yeah, and so, so I, needed. I love, see- yeah, and I, I love seeing kids. Um, I do love seeing kids that are so so passionate about it. Cause you see their their eyes light up, and and it's great. Yeah, and I also think because um, I ended up getting one of my nanny kids like the magic set with all the. Um, like costume stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that that can be um, empowering for kids to have the like clothes to put on to inhabit that kind of character um, and can be important for their sense of play and a sense of like, I'm doing this. (laughs) Definitely, definitely, and it's and it's something too. Uh, being a nanny, you're you're a safe place for them, and mm-hmm. it's I know because I mean, there's one thing practicing practicing the sleight of hand that you're doing, practicing the routine, getting it down, and then there's that can only take you so far because you do the nature of the art is with a, it's a community, right. so you need a spectator and I know I would always go to my family. They they tell you stories like I thought I've seen all his tricks. <laughs> like it's but going out before you go out in public, you know, as as a nanny being that that safe place for them, like, hey, practice on me if you really mess up, because it happens. Like right. you're right here. Like practice some more and then when you're ready, try it again. Yeah, yeah. And I also think anything you can do to legitimize this interest. So even down to like helping them make tickets, you know, to like come see the show or having like a backstage area. Oh, yeah. You know, like anything like that or, you know, set up where they're going to perform the magic show and help them decorate it and, you know, cultivating that sense of – this isn't just something we're going to do for five minutes. This is like a performance and it's real and I'm going to pay attention to you. Exactly. And, and I will say, um, you know, going back to my brothers, they see, um, yeah, as a performer myself, they see me on stage. They see me doing my thing. They see me in movies and I, they, they love it. And when they get to do that and they're as, they light up. Yeah. And that's that's the beautiful thing about it is, like you said, we're not just for funsies right now. Like, oh, how cute. Like, now right. go and play. <laughs> it's like, no, 
oh my gosh, I get to see a magic show, a, a show. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's super, imp- and that confidence that they'll get will just carry them so far in life. Yeah. So far. And I think, you know, a lot of times we think of, um, I even said it earlier in this episode, we think of the magic phase, you know, and I think mm-hmm. um, helping to take that seriously instead of just being like, oh, they're in their magic phase. Like we got, you know, another month of this and then yeah. it's over um, is is super important and will provide them potentially with confidence in whatever they go into, whether it be magic or, you know, being on a board of directors, you know? Exactly. And honestly, you never know. They could, you know, take that quote unquote magic phase and make that their career. Yeah, for sure. It it happens. And it, you hear these magicians all over. I got a magic kit when I was six mm-hmm. and now I own my own magic shop. I perform in my own theater. It, yeah. And that's, that's great to, um, to really build up their interest. For sure. Cause even, um, I just listened to Steve Martin's autobiography and he started with magic, you know, yeah. and then, and then carried on to, to, be other things besides a magician but um you know that's where he started his love of performing and so i i just thank you for what you do oh well thank you <laughs> um, it is, it, it's fun i mean through the throughout all of history we as a human race love magic yep and it's and what i love today too is it's so easy to learn magic nowadays, it's it's so transparent. Of the YouTube, there's video tutorials on pretty much every trick, or they debunk it. Right. But even with that knowledge, we still, I still, I I'm a magician, so I know ninety percent of the tricks I see. But I still am like, oh, that was great. They did such a good job. Like, oh, I love the reactions and their, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my some of my first nanny kids who are way older now, but when I do, you know, nighttime babysits for them, like date night babysits, they love watching that Penn and Teller, like Can You Fool Penn and Teller show. Yeah. And and I love it too. I'm like, oh, cool. I have no idea how anyone's doing any of this. Right. <laughs> You're fooling me all the time. But, <laughs> um, but I love that and I love seeing – you know, Penn and Teller perform and they, that duo, which I think is also a good skill for kids to learn, um, you know, to do like a double act if you have siblings, especially. Definitely. De- yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, in high school, uh, one of my best friends in high school also did magic. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we both found out we started doing magic at the same time, but separately. And then we started kind of joining forces and it was fun to play the magician's assistant for each other like he was doing a trick and I would just be in the background I would do the thing I would do the move whatever would be and then people would freak out oh my god how did he do that my mind's blown (laughs) and 
that sense, like you said, for siblings, that would really be a great way to, you know, really bring them close and because there's a sense of trust in that too. Trusting for sure. that, hey, don't be messing up my trick, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like developing that almost script together of like, when I say this, you're going to do this. And exactly. I think exactly. that's all really good life skills. <laughs> yes in a very fun way you know of like not always playing simon says to develop those listening skills of (laughs) exactly i what i found through learning magic and performing magic was it really helped me grow in every aspect of life in you know when you're older and you're at work and you know in life there's rejections that you get that for sure. You know, that's it. Nobody likes to be rejected. That, that's right. just a fact. Uh, why can't everyone say yes? But like I said, uh, like of going out and practicing, I can't tell you how many times I've been told no to right. my face. And that, you know, that's part of life. And yeah. if you learn that in, like I said, a fun and innocent way, it transfers over to when bigger things in life happen. Mm-hmm. You're, oh, hey, you know what? It's tomorrow will come. Right. And it's it's one of those things, even too, no one likes messing up. We get embarrassed. We There's been times where I've had a huge crowd and I've messed up. Mm-hmm. Like it, it happens and you just, you move on. Right. Tomorrow will come. And it's great if, if kids can get a sense of that at a young age and just really cultivate it's like a muscle like you know really mm-hmm. work it and cultivate it to where when they're adults they're you know, they're smooth sailing yeah which um if you're listening uh and thinking oh that all sounds really great another episode of chronicles of nania that will help with that is growth mindset pascal talks about building resiliency and grit with kids um and so But I think that going back and listening to that episode and then infusing it with magic would be a brilliant way to help kids build resiliency and grit through magic, which I can't think of a better thing. (laughs) And then, hey, if nothing else, there'll be that cool person at the office Christmas party that's blowing everyone's minds. (laughs) Yes. There's um, a TV show that I really like. It's called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And... um, (laughs) On it, one of the characters, it's like a running joke throughout the entire series that he knows magic, but they never, like, address it further than that. They're just like, Josh is so cool because he knows magic. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, which I I think is brilliant and very fun. Um, Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to address it ever because it's their final season, but... I love that they just like throw it out there and <laughs> walk away. It's 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 or how Barney Stinson yes. they wrote in Neil Patrick Harris's Love of Magic. Yes, love that. And they, and it's it's a real thing. Yeah, you know, pe- people love everyone loves magic. They really do. They really do. So, um, you mentioned like YouTube is a great resource for looking up how to learn more tricks if you know their interest is growing beyond a nanny's basic knowledge. Like we've already gone in this episode beyond my knowledge. So, uh, (laughs) uh, so what are some other resources like books that you could go check out at the library or, or TV shows or, 
or anything like that. Yeah, so there, I would say, um, I know with me personally, I chose a different route in magic because I like to do more basic tricks and routines per se than a lot of the magicians I know. Yeah. But I like to focus on the entertainment aspect, the performance aspect and doing that. But as for books, if when you're ready to like, you know, graduate from that magic kit you had. Right. I've read and seen numerous books, numerous to what I would honestly, you know, go to the bookstore and whichever one calls out to you the most because they're all, I hate to say they're all the same because they're not. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, you, there's a, there's a handful of sleight of hand that you use. And then at that point, what is really great for kids is you you start cultivating, you find out who you are. Uh-huh. What's your performance aspect? And you can learn these slides, basic ones. They don't have to be complicated. And then you can say, you know what? I've seen 20 magicians and they all have their own personalities. That's what makes it unique. That's what right. I love about this art. Take my friend from high school, for instance. He... We would literally do the same routines, the mm-hmm. same, but his persona was more like of David Blaine, where he was more serious and solemn, and it was like, I'm gonna let like it's gonna be real magical and like what me on the other hand, I personally like to be cheeky and flirty, and it's I'm cracking jokes and it's like a party, like what's up, what's up, what's up? oh boom don't forget we're doing magic. (laughs) Right, right. And that is what is great for especially young kids. I mean, you know how school is and growing up, it's, it's tough sometimes. And you, it's, you're trying to find yourself. And in magic, you can really find like, who am I? What am I comfortable doing? Yeah. You know, and that, that is one of the most beautiful things to me too, that when you see people finding who they are, and that, I mean, taking that through life is just, hey, this is who I am. Like, I right. like, own it, and then the world is yours. Yeah, yeah. And I love that idea of also learning a few building blocks almost and then building your own yeah. journey from there of, like, I know how to do these basics, and now I can mix them up in whatever way I want to build my own story that I'm going to share with people. Definitely. Definitely. And that's why I say, um, the thing, the thing that kept me, that has kept me doing magic for as long as I have, you know, beyond a magic phase Mm -hmm. is, you know, doing what I want to do. Yeah. I, a lot of times people think, Oh, to be a magician, you, you have to do this more. You have to do that. And especially with magic, that's not true. I mean, I personally like street magic. Mm -hmm. I mainly use a deck of cards, maybe a ring that I'm wearing and a coin. And that's, those are the only things I do. And I like to do it close up and personal. Mm -hmm. Say you really want to be a stage magician, a parlor magician. You can, that's the beauty of it is you can do it and you can make it your own. Right. That's beautiful. I love it. Okay, <clears throat> for people listening, if they want to find out more about you, where can they go find that? 
If you want to find out more about me, you could check out uh, my Instagram. I do bi-weekly magic and music Mondays. Nice. Uh, my Instagram is at J-D-O-L-G-U-I-N, Jordan Olguin. And um, that, you know, I do shout outs. It gets interactive. Like it's, we do a lot of fun stuff like that. They could check out my Facebook page too, Jordan Olguin. You'll see me. It's the same. I'm pointing at you so <laughs> you know where to go. <laughs> yes. And I will link both of those. They're already in the show notes. So just scroll awesome. down. Perfect. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and I, I love that. Um, and then just curious for that Instagram and Facebook, are those kid friendly? They are. Yeah. I would say like PG to maybe PG-13. Okay, great. Just so that if, you know, a nanny is like, I want to go yeah. in and show. So maybe nannies my co- like go through them yourself before my con- you show yeah. them. <laughs> and then- my content is definitely, I like to, I want to be able to, you know, please all audiences. Right. Because as sure. soon as you, yes, there's, you know, art and especially in movies, you know, rated R and such, those have their place. But I like to, I like to be able to, you know, the family wants to sit around. You right. can totally. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I love it. Um, awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you. This um, has been great. I love it. And then we end each episode with a little story or quote from a kid. And this week, um, Jen Akers, Jen, I hope I said your last name right, uh, <laughs> sent in a, a cute little story for us. So her nanny kid is two and runs around saying, I want a doot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it. And so Jen said, uh, I told her to show me what dude was as I didn't understand exactly what she wanted because we don't know that word. Um, and, and they were outside at the time. And the nanny kid walked over and stuck her finger in the dirt and said dude a few times like she was teaching me rather than the other way around. <laughs> and she was like, this is clearly what dude is. Um, and so and Jen said that it was just so cute and and this brilliant moment of of autonomy and and like, let me show you. Let me let you into my world, which I think is just beautiful. That is. <laughs> I'm going to start duting now. Yeah, everyone. Let's just dute for a little while. (laughs) I think the world would be a better place if everyone duted every once in a while. Yes, agreed. (laughs) Agreed. I love that. It was really cute. Oh, my gosh. So thanks for sharing that, Jen. Um, and, And thank you, Jordan, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. Great. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.